0: Chapter 1 A Lady Experiences Real Life When a lady is asked to be a bridesmaid, she accepts the request as an honor. If she does not particularly like the dress, she keeps this to herself. A lady doesn't ask dating couples when they are getting married. Likewise, she doesn't ask married couples when or if they are planning to have children. And lastly, a lady never compliments one person when she is in a group setting. She chooses a moment when the two of them are alone to offer her compliment. That is from How to Be a Lady by Candace Simpson Giles, our gal. Hello?
1: Hello? Hello? that you what a nice lady
0: I know um again these are all things that are reasonably to be applied to both sexes but hey who am I to say these things I suppose
1: no, I've actually uh, definitely had all of those thoughts before. Um, yeah, I never ask people when they're going to have kids, that's for sure. I, uh, I'm running out of friends that aren't married, so I never ask people when they're going to get married. Right. And if I'm going to compliment a girl on what she's wearing or something she's got, then I'm probably going to only do it when I'm around her and not everybody else. Well, wait, would that be creepy?
0: Um, tell you what, do some reconnaissance missions missions, try it out. Let me know how it goes.
1: See how that works for me.
0: Totally. Um anyway, uh, this is the Canadian Leprechaun Show. Welcome everyone. Um, I am Ty, our uh rugged sounding man friend over there on the other side is Kyle. Um, we're happy to have all of you back on. Hopefully, unless this is your first time, then welcome.
1: I was joking, by the way, on that last thing. I hope everybody can hear through that. Uh, <laughs> but if you don't know me, then you wouldn't know. But uh, anyway, I digress. But yes, uh, we are the Canadian Leprechaun Show. Uh, we don't have a guest tonight. No. Which is, you know, a little bit different. But, uh, you know, in college, this is all we knew. So here we are.
0: Totally. Um, what's, what's going on new with you, Kyle? What's new? What's new? What's um, new in the... Anderson household.
1: Well, I've been doing a fair amount of grilling this week. Have you? So, I discovered that actually going to a local butcher can be very very um
0: cost effective. Tell me more cuz I've always been intrigued but I've never had the guts to do it.
1: Uh, this is a whole new environment, right? Like I I've never done this before. I know jack about grilling things, right? But I thought, you know what? It's summer. It's the perfect time to learn. Mm. And so we went to a local butcher here in town or meat place called Pottstown Meat and Deli. And uh, we bought some brats. We bought some uh, breakfast sausage that you can't, we wouldn't grill that. But um, we got some ribs. We got some pork chops. And uh, I've just been having a good old time this week. Um, but like, I think, and I have theories and I'm very new to this and maybe I was a little bit blinded by, I don't know. I just felt cheap to me because for all the stuff I just said, like two brats, a pound of breakfast sausage, uh, two pounds of boneless ribs, four pork chops. I think we walked out of there for under $30.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, that does, that does seem legit.
1: Like, right. And I, I don't know if it actually is, but I felt very good about it when I left there. And I think maybe the big thing is obviously they're a butcher. They're buying in bulk. They're buying the whole animal and they're, they're doing all that themselves. But, um, and, and the packaging is obviously not really in play. So like grocery stores, they obviously are getting the packaging Um, component to all that but the butcher they're doing it themselves Mm. so I feel like the cost is lower there but I was like very impressed and so far everything has been very good
0: legit so you will be a repeat customer
1: yes my wife and I were talking about that Anna I guess I can tell you her name is Anna you know Anna um
0: never heard of her
1: but for those but for those that are listening to this that don't know yes um we were talking tonight about how we definitely were going to go back probably pretty often. Um, They also had um, a lot of fish selection, Mm. which I thought was interesting, but it was like ready to bake. So like they had done some things to it to make it ready to go, like seasoned and everything. Right. Um, I don't really know how much they're involved in the fish category, but what they had there looked good. So Nice. So there you go. Perfect. I'm excited to be a, a butcher, uh, connoisseur here so
0: perfect we um we had a little bit of a grilling escapade this past weekend um liz's dad and his girlfriend were came in to visit us and they ended up getting some like nice ass steaks from um this shop called fresh time which i think it's i think it's kind of a chain um but it's like kind of health foody, but they have like a i think they have a better meat selection than the stores we typically go to um so like they got like six of these like really nice fillets and then two of these huge ass ribeyes and we just cooked them up on the grill and we didn't even really need to season them or anything. And they were pretty damn good.
1: See, I, I wish I could just grill all the time. Yeah. Like I'm turning into that person where I just like, I just, I like turning it on pretty much every day and it's just always a new adventure. And um, no, I'm still learning. Like I'm not, an all-star by any means but it's kind of an art form like it's like i'm i'm not down the rabbit hole yet but i could see myself going there Mm. like becoming a you know 30 plus year old dad who
0: grills for a hobby totally do you have a gas grill or charcoal we have gas okay Yeah. yeah you you tend to have gas a lot well with all the grilling <laughs> tie um yeah we got charcoal so uh liz's dad was giving me tips on um where to position the charcoal to get a good singe and then let it cook on like a lower heat so that was good and um one of the tools what did you learn about that um so basically all right i'm gonna preface this i'm curious I I- i'm gonna preface this so i kind of knew something about this but basically it's the idea that. You section off the charcoal into like certain portions of the grill and you have like a higher, basically like a higher heat, higher intensity. And so sure. that section is supposed to be for searing. Now where I made the mistake, this was Memorial Day weekend. I was just cooking for Liz and I, and I suppose little Rose though. She's not eating any of this. Um The mistake I made is I made like the searing edge, but I thought the residual heat from the searing edge would be enough to continue to cook the chicken I was cooking, and I didn't have hardly any coals on that side. So then, all of a sudden, it what should have been like a forty-minute time frame to cook chicken turned into like an hour and a half to get it hot enough so oh. it wouldn't kill it kill us all. Um.
1: Well, so that was
0: a, yeah, right. Chicken's tricky. Yeah, Ch- chicken's tricky. Tr- tricky. Anyway. Tricky chicken. Anyway, um I think you are trying to do that. Trying chicken. Anyway, um God, that's a stretch. So <laughs> when we were cooking these grills, or no, when we were cooking these steaks, Jesus, I'm going down a rabbit hole. When we were cooking these steaks, um, so we did the shelf where we had like the ho- hotter coals and whatnot and like higher density coals, but then we still had like a light layer of coals on the like, slow heating side. So they were able to basically cook the steaks. We did steaks, we did burgers, we did hot dogs. Um, Like, we made a bunch of extra food so we could eat part of the week. Um, But yeah, so it's basically, like, you got a bunch of bricks layered up on one side, and then you just got, like, a single layer of bricks on the other side. And you sear on the heavy brick side, and then you let it cook the remaining time on the other side.
1: Yeah, and see, that's that's the part I'm still mastering with the gas grill, too. Like, I just... How I I have to like Google like the amount of times that it should take at a certain temperature and like what the temperature is I what temperature is ideal for what what thing you're cooking right I mean I feel like it should be a pretty self-explanatory thing but I like thinking myself out of things so I I overanalyze and overthink and uh I really don't think grilling has to be that tricky but I like to make it tricky so
0: <laughs> no I'm with you um. And then last little tidbit I learned for charcoal specific. So uh, Gary, my father-in-law, he got us a chimney to go with our grill. So he gave us the grill originally. He bought it for us like a housewarming present years ago. Nice. So on this chimney, he told us to use the old coals that aren't totally burnt from the last time. And like the idea is you have like 80% of the top of the top section you use to actually put the coals in and, what happens is you end up making a chimney. So you stack this 80% in the little chimney block and then you put paper and crap underneath to ignite it. Mm-hmm. So the idea is like, so you don't have to use like lighter fluid or anything to get it started. But he recommends using your old coals cause they have grease kind of absorbed into them from the last cooking. So when you ignite it, that grease tends to burn a lot quicker so it can get your chimney started faster. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've always heard very good thing about charcoal grills. Yeah. Like, I really have. And I've I just kind of always wondered. But, I mean, like you said, we got gifted this, this grill ourselves. So, I mean, the reality of me ever using a charcoal grill is probably fairly low, considering we got this one. But um, I've always heard good things about them. So, it's... It's just interesting, the differences.
0: Yeah, I'm more motivated to use it now, because par- partially before, like, I would clean out all the old coals I didn't that didn't completely get used and, like, just trash it. So part of it was, oh, crap, I didn't want to clean the grill each time. Now it's like, no, don't even bother with that. Just reuse them.
1: Yeah, that's good to know. Being resourceful.
0: Pivoting a little bit. Uh, Kyle, Rose is crawling now. Oh, uh, here we go. It's been about a week and a half since she first started doing it. But this past weekend, oh, my God, she like the whatever internal switch that exists for crawling got like into the full on position because she is just everywhere. And what's crazy is like as soon as she started crawling, like she's finding all the things you don't like she's basically exposing everything that we're like, oh, crap, we should have baby proofed that. But somehow we didn't notice that. Um, so this week has just been a flurry of activity trying to baby proof the rest of the house before she gets to. Um, before she gets too into things, there was a, there was a meeting I was having, Liz and I were both having a meeting. So one of us had to watch her, excuse me. So I took her upstairs and I closed the door. So we were in a nursery and I'm like, oh, this will be fine. She can't get into much trouble here. Um, and of course I'm sitting against one of the walls on the floor with her. She gets in my one blind spot. All of a sudden, like she gets there and she's not making any noise. I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I go over and look, she found, she found the doorstop. She somehow got the doorstop off the wall and it was about halfway in her mouth and she's just standing there looking at me like a dog who found like a bone or something, but some shouldn't have found any bones. So you don't know where they got it. So she's just, yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, like how did this happen? This was like the one spot I wasn't looking and Of course you found it.
1: Yeah. They're incredible. I mean, things that we would never be interested in. They're just ultra motivated to look at and check out. Yeah. 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 You're, I mean, I don't want to be one of those parents and I are, by me saying this, I'm already one of those parents, <laughs> but just just look out. Yeah. Because things just got real for you. And I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but <laughs> it's just, it is an eruption of activity from here on out. So that's exciting though. That's awesome. oh Yeah,
0: no, it's cool. And like, I don't, she doesn't crawl. Like she doesn't have her trunk up on her hands and knees. She army crawls everywhere. Sure. So it just, it looks like she's just sneaking around and she always keeps looking back every like four or five crawls that she does. And I don't know if it's a, Hey, can I still see you? Or she's looking back and it's like, Oh shit, they're looking at me.
1: Like, am I doing something? I'm not. supposed right. to? Right.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's what's, that's what's big in the almond household this week. Crawling babies.
1: Crawling babies, charcoal grills. That's fantastic. Yeah, we've got Neil just, uh, well, he's everywhere. I mean, just kind of like you said. But, I mean, he's getting to the point where he's getting a little bit taller and he can reach, he can nearly reach the counter now. So, like, if something's on the edge of the counter, he can, like, grab that. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's all the time. Like you said, it's, it's just a never-ending learning experience on what um, a, you know, toddler can grab like and so we don't we have a baby gate in front of our stairs but like when he's going to take a bath now we let him crawl up the stairs and each day like this week has gotten progressively faster really like he's just on a mission now to get up those stairs it's like holy crap that's awesome we're creating we're creating a monster
0: <laughs> a monster of love right
1: yes yes nothing but the best
0: all right, well, that's a perfect segue then no, it's not, but I'm gonna do it anyway. um so Kyle and I decided uh it'd be cool if you guys' ask us some questions out on the interwebs um, and we figured we'd take a show to try and answer some of them so
1: yeah we got a f- we got a few questions there that's rolled in, yeah, I added a couple of my own just because I felt like it, and I think my anna she added one so. I think we've got plenty to talk about here. I don't think we're going to get to half of them. Yeah. Man, but whatever. So um, I, how do you want to do this?
0: Uh, how about we take turns reading and then, um, I don't know, we should each answer them, I think, unless they're specific to the person, like the one I'm looking at.
1: All right, fine. So Ty, what are your top three movie slash TV characters of all time? Okay. And why. I
0: mean, this this was a big one. This is one of the early ones. This is a big one. This might have been one of the first. Um also shout out to Mike Diaz for that this one, because I, I got excited when I saw this. Um so my top three in no particular order. The Terminator, Ron Swanson, and Ash Williams. So the third one might be a little less popular amongst our friend group. That's um he is the protagonist for the Evil Dead. TV show, and the Evil Dead movies. Um, As to why, you might ask, like the question did. So the Terminator, I'll explain. So, all right. So with the Terminator, I think he's got one of the coolest arcs. And I'm going with Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator. And I'm really only counting one and two because they're by far the best. So you have one of the coolest enemies like ever made in science fiction in the first one. Cause like that's where the Terminator is a bad guy. And you got this guy who's just like built to be the perfect cyborg and Arnold Schwarzenegger and like his English isn't that good at the time. So he's just like perfect. If you were making it in a lab, that's what it would be. And then you get the second Terminator, um, judgment day where all of a sudden he come back and he's the good guy and he could totally swing that part. It's one of the best setups in science fiction, I think ever. Um, I also think the premise surrounding it is pretty interesting. So him being a cyborg deals with artificial intelligence, which, hey, it's we're kind of in right now. Um, Time travel, which is I think is cool. Um, And also one of the things that it actually made me got me to Wikipedia this. I learned about time travel is called the bootstrap paradox. Um, So it's basically the idea that if you have like time that's repeating over and over in my mind, and I think a lot of people who interpret like time and time travel, you have like a first point where like events had to have unfolded. And so with the Terminator, the premise of the movies is the robots are sending like a killer robot to get John Connor back in the past. Right. But you had to have an initial timeline where it gets to that point without like the Terminator going back in the past and letting John Connor like become alive. So that's where the bootstrap paradox comes in. It's like that first timeline happened where there was no time travel aspect, but then every, when you initiate it, every subsequent timeline that occurs from it generates the need to travel back in time. But why didn't that first one? Interesting. Yeah. So I always found that cool. I remember reading about it and that got stuck in my mind. So that's the Terminator. Next one is Ron Swanson. Um, I am a huge Parks and Rec fan. I would argue it's in my top three TV shows of all time. Um, Ron was a close competitor for Leslie because I'm a big fan of Leslie as well. But Ron, Ron eked it out. Um, I appreciate his. His attitude towards meat. I'm a big fan of meat and I appreciate his fandom of meat. Um, (laughs) I appreciate his mustache. I'm a big fan of facial hair. Um, And I also appreciate the Swanson pyramid of success, um, which I tend to personally agree with a decent chunk of things that I've seen on there. Um, So that's why I like all those Um, last one, Ash Williams. So Ash is, like I said, he's a protagonist from the evil dead series. He's basically like, a blue collar smart ass guy who like it's kind of like he's a little bit of a loser, um, but he's got like an awesome sense of humor, like smart ass sense of humor. And he's really good at killing like these zombie dead people. Um,
1: All good qualities.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I like him because he's from Michigan. And now that I have a claim to Michigan, I think it's cool that there's a character that kind of originates from like a small bumpkin town in Michigan. Cause I could totally see that type of person living there. Um, I appreciate the unrealistic relationship that he has with his 88 Delta Oldsmobile. Um, it's just, it's hilarious to watch. Um, but yeah, his TV show Ash versus evil dead. Um, I discovered that like two years ago. Cause I had seen the movies before and enjoyed them, but I discovered the TV show and I love that show, Kyle love it love it love it i've never even heard it's um it was on but that's showtime or stars but it's on netflix now it's it's um it's like a comedy horror tv series interesting it's it's ridiculous the episodes are only half an hour so it's it's easy to Ooh. it's easy to taste a couple episodes and think if you like it or not i think you might i think
1: i might be able to get behind a half hour
0: episode totally so what about you what's your three
1: well, it's interesting you ask. So I, I think people know this about me by now. I am not a movie person. None of the pe- Shocking. Yeah. None of the people I have on here are movies. Um, really, I've watched probably four complete series of TV shows in my lifetime from beginning to end. <laughs> so really, I don't have many options. Um, so I'm going to be pretty one dimensional with these. Um, it's interesting. We we do share a favorite, um, so I'll, I'll just get Ron Swanson out of the way right now. <laughs> um, I think the big arc, like arc for me, is I like watching things to make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I I I do like thinking shows from time to time, but overall, like I just really I want to watch a show that's going to make me feel better, and I don't want a long time commitment to do it. Um, So Ron Swanson, I mean, kind of for the same reasons you said, the pyramidic Success and just going off of that, every character I have on here I feel like is very – it's like a caricature of somebody you know. Like it's just so far in one direction. But Ron Swanson is just your prototypical – like if you were ever going to be a full-on – testosterone driven man there he is so <laughs> i appreciate that character for that um so i won't go talking more about him because um, you already mentioned all those things but um my number one not that they have to be in an order but my number one was going to be somebody from seinfeld and depending on the day and what episode i watch um the character changes but today it happens to be kramer um okay and it's usually Kramer or George. Um, but Kramer, I think for me, the reason that he kind of resonates with me lately is he, like, quite honestly, that show is full of terrible people with terrible morals. And, um, <laughs> but like, if you think about Kramer through all of it, like, yeah, he has some times where he's he's doing things like that are, you know, selfish. But at the same time, he's almost like a dog to Jerry. Like, there's just that, like, incredible, like, adoration and love for Jerry. And, like, he will do anything for him. He will be that perfect friend. He will, like, he messes up and Jerry will say, man, you just took a dump on the carpet. And I'll bop him on the nose. And Kramer's like, yes, I did. But he'll still, like, you know what I mean? Like, Kramer has redeemable qualities. And I think that that's what makes him, uh, I don't know, he makes me feel good. Um, and then the other two that I had down because I actually had four because I figured you might have Ron Swanson down. Okay. Um, I've talked about the show House MD before. Greg House mm. um, is a little bit too cookie cutter and like too stereotypical, but like I do find myself when I watch that show, I find myself imitating him a little bit in my real life. Like like I'll start bantering like he does. Really, I kind of can be a chameleon sometimes, and I just find myself talking like he does sometimes after I've watched the show,
0: and like. So you're an asshole to everybody.
1: Yes, (laughs) but I think I can be kind of funny sometimes about how I'm an asshole. So that's true. I appreciate him because he's just always he sees everything as a puzzle, and that's at the same time a big flaw of his is everything's a puzzle and there's no interpersonal like true connectedness to anybody but i appreciate that he's truly driven by something um you know basically just solving the puzzle whether whatever it might be whether it's a disease or a relationship or um how to make somebody upset at him so we're still watching that show we watch like one or two episodes a night and always tries to push for the third one and i always say no
0: um, <laughs> Man, those are long episodes. Aren't they like 45 minutes? They're like 40 to 45 minutes, yeah. And so,
1: two episodes is enough. And
0: Totally. Like, it's a movie. <laughs> like,
1: a lot of times for me, one is enough. And I'll start falling asleep during the first one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then that's when the argument ensues. But then the last one I had there was uh, Tobias Funke. And <laughs> for for no more reason than he is completely himself. Um, I. The Arrested Development, I think the big reason why people were so drawn to it in the first few seasons, um, were because it was really good writing and because I think the character interactions were so good. Like it's hard again in that show to pick one character, but I always felt like his interactions with the rest of the characters in the show were always very memorable. So
0: Yeah, legit.
1: There's my three and a half.
0: Those are those are a solid three and a half. I appreciate it. Um, all right, cool. So moving on, I'm gonna jump around a little bit because uh, sure, um, one sparked a mild argument with Liz and I Ooh, this week. Um, what do you think are some of the worst trends of the last decade?
1: Ooh, I actually i I had to research this a little bit today because I, I quite honestly couldn't really think of a whole lot.
0: Same, hence the argument.
1: Okay, so. You couldn't think of anything, and she could, and she's like, "How could you not?" Is that kind of how no, it went?
0: no? I you you tell me your thing, and then I'll explain what happened to mine.
1: Well, I've got three, and re- reminder that I teach high school students, so um, I've got uh, baby shark. Okay. So that that like kind of whole phenomena just kind of irritated me. Twerking irritated me, and um, you remember the song? What does the fox say? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, So mine aren't as much trends <laughs> as like, I guess, songs and just, but that thing irritated me to no end. I And I want to throw in one more because it's not really a trend of the last decade, but it, it just drives me nuts. Uh, and then I'll let you talk for a while because I've talked for quite a while. Um, go on. The guys, and this hasn't been as much lately because nobody's been able to go into public, but who are these guys that show up in bars wearing cowboy hats?
0: I didn't know this was a trend.
1: So Anna and I, back before quarantine happened and all this back in, you know, late December, early January, we went down to Tennessee Ah, and maybe, maybe there's your sign. But <laughs> I particularly remember one instance, we were, we were at a coffee shop at like three in the afternoon and these two guys walk in wearing cowboy hats and like, I'm like, were you herding cattle and you couldn't, you didn't have time to go home and take a shower? Like, like what are you trying to show with these cowboy hats? Cowboy hats, excuse me. And then the other day, I shit you not, we were walking on a trail in Peoria, Illinois. <laughs> and two guys wearing cowboy hats were walking. Oh, God. And it's like, Do you not know where you are? Like, maybe. (laughs) Right. Like, what are you trying to prove, I guess? is Anyway, that's my soapbox. Guys with cowboy hats, really. I mean, there's a time and a place. Right. It's not in a bar. I'm sorry. It's not. Like, go home and take a shower and just be a decent human being. I'm done.
0: Old timey saloon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Regular bar in the middle of. A slightly urban area not so much
1: correct all right i I digress go ahead
0: so i only have one um because i like you kind of forgot what was like unique to the 2010s um first i want to say that i'm actually kind of cool with baby shark um and we sing it to rose even now uh it's one of her calming down songs and she enjoys it um But the thing that started, like, we've had this argument before. Do you remember the dress? Yes. The gold and white or the blue and black dress? And
1: and I saw that today And that one. Yes, go ahead. So,
0: so Kyle, I only see the white and the gold. I have always only seen the white and the gold. Every time it kind of looks like it could be blue and black, it looks like Shaquille O'Neal just stood in front of a window and made it slightly darker, white and gold. Like it just, it doesn't look blue and black to me at all. And I think anybody who sees it is fucking crazy or partially colorblind or something. It is white and gold. Anyway, Liz and I have had, we had argued about this in the past several times. And then I unearthed this, I mentioned something, and she walks over and she's like, yeah, it's blue and black. And it just started a whole goddamn thing all over again. I wasn't even trying to. Because I'm like, how do you how do you not just see the gold and white? What do you see?
1: Well, I just had to Google it because I don't remember what I saw. Um, I mean, there, there's a bunch of science behind it, isn't there? I mean, I'm I'm
0: sure there is, but
1: it, it almost depends on like what the lighting is on your computer. I feel like, and like what you're sitting next to. Um, I see white and gold.
0: There you have it folks. It's White and Gold. I see
1: White and Gold. I just googled it. I see <laughs> White and Gold. I
0: So, it was funny because like it just brought back a bunch of memories. Yes. Like it's not like it's been an ongoing feud, no. but we definitely we had multiple as much of an argument as we'll get about something which isn't very argumentative, but like it's just like a stupid, you know, like stupid arguments that you have and it's just like it was funny how it, it would just stopped right there, and all of a sudden, like all these emotions came flooding back.
1: So th- this and this is the part of me that's gonna really, you know, maybe irritate some people. And th- maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm off base here. But who in the world's gonna wear a blue and black dress? You're just gonna look like a bruise. I'm with you. And I probably just offended any of our female listeners, but I
0: all all two of them.
1: Yes, I just. <laughs> Is that a good look? I don't know. And again, here we go. I've probably offended anybody that's ever worn a blue and black dress. I just, I don't know that that's a good color scheme, especially if it's like a dark blue. Like, right. Isn't there something about wearing navy and black?
0: I don't know. But it's like, it's also too, like, it's striped like a rugby jersey, you know? Right. I used to have a polo that people would joke it looked like a rugby polo Mm -hmm. because it was striped. It wasn't blue and black. It was white and green, but. I digress. Yes.
1: So, yeah, I I probably just alienated any chance of ever having a female audience. But
0: (laughs) That's all right.
1: And I I could be off base. I'm not your definition of style guru, but I just thought I black and blue is a problem.
0: I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. We need to ask Jason to come on here. He's I feel like he Jason Poland. I feel like he's the style person amongst our social group. I mean, he was he was a model for Christ's sakes. Yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, that's the only, I honestly, like I stopped at that just because that was the only thing that truly elicited some emotion from me. So there you have it. Okay. That dress. I don't like that dress. It's stupid. <laughs> End of speech.
1: All right. Well, um, I, I guess, I guess it's my turn to pick a question to go from. Um, so Anna and I were talking about this at dinner before we started this tonight. Our weddings and mm. the big thing here is I have a terrible memory. So, no, 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 no. It's, it's not that I don't remember your wedding. What I don't remember, what I Go don't, on. what I don't remember, I, I just don't jump to conclusions here. I remember your wedding. It was fun. What order were all weddings in? Uh,
0: um, were you married in 2015? Yeah, I, I remember. John was the last wedding before mine.
1: Okay. So he was he, he would have been October of 14, then,
0: right? Correct. Yeah. And
1: then you were Pi Day 2015. Correct. Okay. That's what we thought. It took a while for us to get there at dinner tonight, but we got there. Okay. So you were 3, 14, 15. Like you were as pie as pie gets.
0: Kyle, my favorite story about telling somebody about our wedding day was when it was you, Scott Lorenz, and One of our other friends who was a math, like there were for some reason, there was a concentrated number of math people around me. We were in a car and I told you guys and you go, oh, it's Pi Day. And then you paused. You go, oh, like you just made a noise like that. And then like it clicked with Scott and just like that was the best reaction I had telling anybody. Well, yeah, you're in the right place for that. Totally. But I'll never forget
1: that. Yeah, if it was me, Scott and Jen all in the car, then you really. uh (laughs)
0: Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway.
1: So anyway, your wedding, I think, I mean, Anna and I were talking about this. I think my big thing was just the fact that it was, it was so simple. It was so nice to not have to like rush to go to pictures somewhere and then rush to somewhere else to go, um, for the ceremony and then to go somewhere else for the reception. Like, it was just so nice. Like being in your wedding party, just having pictures right there. We're going to do the ceremony and then we're going to turn around and, hey, the same table you're sitting at to watch the ceremony, that's where you're eating dinner. And I just, I thought that was so nice. I also remember, and maybe this was my most memorable moment because I, I wanted to curse you out in the middle of the ceremony. Just, all right, you, had, you had Nirvana by Bukowski read. And I was going to do that at our wedding, so I had to come oh. up with something else. <laughs> But I love that poem, and I I just love everything about it. And then, I, as soon as I started, I was like, "Oh my gosh, he stole it!"
0: Yeah, no, I totally did. I it's funny because I remember you reading it when you were Kappa, and I like that's one of the things that like stuck with me about like Lambda Chi teachings or whatever. Like you know those education stuff we do for new recruits. I remember you work that in, and I like that always stuck with me. I love that story I, or poem, whatever
1: yeah. you want to call it. And Enti- Ty, I don't even like poetry, but for some reason, I happen to find that by happenstance. I think it was because of Tom Waits. Yeah, and I stumbled across a YouTube video of him reading that poem. You know, in, in the middle of the summer, before I was gonna like truly be Kappa and take our recruits through the the learning process. Mm. We sound like a cult right now, but we uh, do. <laughs> But I just, I truly enjoyed that. So anybody that that has any interest in poetry at all, I encourage you to read Nirvana by, uh, I think it's Charles Bukowski. And I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing the last name. right. But seriously, and that was such a perfect poem for like your wedding because so much of that message is just appreciate the moment and like be here now. Mm. And... It was just so simple, and that that's exactly what that poem is about, in my opinion. I mean, you could take that a lot of different ways, but um, fantastic.
0: Cool. Interesting. Yeah. It's funny. I don't think we ever talked about that, but yeah, you were the influence why I chose that one, for sure.
1: I feel very warm.
0: I was actually, I was wondering, um, cause if, if there were like songs or something we would end up taking that you were planning just cause again, you and I have a lot of similar qualities between us. Yes. Um, I remember there were some other things I can't remember what they were, but at the time I'm like, I wonder if I'm stealing crap from Kyle right now.
1: No, it, that was, that was the thing. It, it obviously didn't, it pissed me off, but it didn't because it was like, well, yeah, of course they're going to do that. And, uh, I do remember your walkout song was a fronty song. I think it was like, I'm alive.
0: Yeah. It was like, it was new at the time.
1: Yeah. And we weren't going to use that, but I was like, Oh, that again, that's perfect. Yeah. Like it, it just was very
0: good. I
1: also remember your mom at your wedding. Uh I, you know, after I had partaken in a few beverages, I, uh I got after it on the dance floor <laughs> and evidently i was jumping up and down a lot and your mom at one point came up to me and she goes you look like you're having a lot of fun you you've got some very very athletic moves i'm like all right i'm thinking to myself man i'm just jumping really high in the air but if you think that's athletic by <laughs> that's, all means.
0: that's funny yeah um no i laughed initially kyle when you so just so we're clear, I don't know if we actually clarified this. The question was, what are your favorite moments from each other's weddings? Yes. Um, though I'm sure people have gotten the gist by this point. So I laughed really hard, Kyle, because I like, I needed kind of a refresher from your wedding. Cause I have the similar memory lapse where I think a lot of our weddings have kind of blurred together at this point. Um, so I went looking through some of the old, uh, pictures from the wedding to kind of spark my memory.
1: Sure.
0: Um, so, I, one thing, so like one of the things I remember initially is, um, this is going to sound a little lame. I promise there's more. Yours is one of like the best hotels I remember staying at for a wedding. Um, there's something I really liked about the rooms because it, it had like the room setup where you had like a fireplace in the middle, it was like sectioned off in two different areas, and then it had like the bathtub out in the open. Yes. Um, and I, cause like I was looking through some of the old pictures and we took a picture in like that bathtub, not like, naked or anything but
1: thanks for clarifying
0: right um not that there's anything wrong with that I'm no. gonna dig this whole little deeper um but yeah it was me you Kyle or no you're Kyle me you John and Bobby um so that was fun and I remember enjoying that uh I remember a lot of glow sticks yes from your wedding I feel like yours was like the glow stick wedding yeah because they were just I just remember like everybody having them Um, of course, standing in it and like, you know, the pictures we took, uh, like I was looking at some of the old pictures. I, I, I had forgotten we had gone to that little farm with like, I'm assuming that's Anna's family or something. Yeah. That was her grandmother's house. Right. And, um, that like cool old timey looking truck.
1: Yes. The showstrom truck.
0: That's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I remember kind of hanging out while we took the pictures there and like it, I liked it. I don't know. It's there was like a quietness where we could like, you know, you're, you kind of have your favorite people around you. Like how, ha- you know, for, for us, I think like we did a lot of like our groomsmen and like the people were just a lot of our friends from college that we cared about. And like, you know, we're closest friends with. So it's cool to just be kind of like an environment like that and get to hang out with those favorite people that you really enjoy. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what I remember from yours. Uh, but yeah, we've had a lot of fun weddings.
1: Yes, we have. That was a good question. Was that your uh, sister-in-law? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a good question.
0: She's been um, she's been the one pushing for uh, Susanna. Yes, that's her name. Um, shout out to Susanna, but she's the one that's been pushing me on this Q and A episode.
1: Yeah, I'm all for it. We're rambling on for quite a while already, and I don't feel like we're halfway through the question. <laughs> but
0: um, so I'm gonna pivot because this is a Kyle specific question. Oh, you know where sure. I'm going with this? Uh, probably. So, Kyle, I need you to rank the following of what you hate the most and explain why. Portillo's Cake Shake, Generic Coffee, or Walmart, er, and Walmart.
1: Okay, so, I, I think this is also a Susanna question, which is, it's it's warranted, it's fine, because we talk about all these things through the podcast, which, again, shows how devoted she is to our show, which, thank
0: she you. She is, she is.
1: Um, I, I, so... Most hate down to least hate. I'll rank them and then we'll clarify.
0: Correct. Let's do one, two, three. Okay. So one being most hate.
1: I would have to say most hate is Walmart.
0: Okay. All right. That's a good answer.
1: Uh, two. Two. And th- this is actually the tough part. Okay. Mm. Um, I would actually probably have to say generic coffee is two. And then Portillo's cake shake is the least hated of the three okay okay so first let me clarify the cake shake i don't hate cake shakes and i think i got balled up in john's words when we were talking it might have been the audio mix up i don't hate cake shakes i just i think portillo's is maybe just a tad overrated because of the nostalgia of it if you if you grew up in an area where you had it and then couldn't get it for a while, it's always it tastes like home, and I appreciate that. I I just I don't see as big big of a connection for me to it as other people that grew up with it. I didn't grow up with it, so when it came to Peoria, yeah, I've had it. I think it's I think it's good. I just don't think it's to die for. Um, but I like a cake shake. I do. Um, and then after that, I mean, generic coffee, the reason that's ahead of the cake shake, uh, as far as hating it more, like I, I like my coffee and now I can really taste the difference, but it's still, if I forget my coffee at home and I know I'm going to work at school in the teacher's lounge, there's going to be coffee there and I'm going to drink it and it's going to serve its purpose for the day. It's not that I really need caffeine. Mm. to get me through the day like i i would have enough energy to get me through it's the feel of it if that makes sense so like it's the mood yeah so generic coffee just because it's because i like going to coffee shops and just sitting down and being in that atmosphere generic coffee doesn't really do it for me and then obviously the most hate is walmart look i go to i get things at walmart Like maybe once a year, like things that I, I, I really don't like that place at all. Yeah. I I just, I can't express to you, um, like it's on the level of the guys wearing the cowboy hats. Like it's just so
0: irritating. (laughs) I'm with you. I try to avoid it when possible. Um, I think I've gone there once in the past three years. We weirdly got our last Christmas tree from Walmart. I don't know why we chose Walmart.
1: It's, it is cheaper. I'll, I'll give him that. Like you can get stuff that you would get somewhere else like at a Target or some other store similar to it. You can get it cheaper at Walmart, but there's a price you pay for having to go in there.
0: <laughs> a little piece of your soul.
1: Yes. It's just dirty in there, man. It's just dirty.
0: I'm with you. Um oh what the hell? Uh speaking of Walmart, um Liz's dad was telling us a story how he had seen um a guy who had returned like frozen food for whatever reason. Oh my gosh. And so like he saw like one of the, one of the employees, like one of the associates to go out to like put the food back into freezer, which is like, what the hell are you doing? First of all, you don't know like what that guy's done with that food. Even if it's like still sealed, you don't know if it's been sitting out like it's like chicken nuggets or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not okay. So he did that, but then like the guy got to the frozen food area, and then he left the cart there for like half an hour without putting the food away. So it's like not only do you not know what happened to that guy, but it's like you are letting this food thaw, and then you're gonna put it back in the freezer. Whoa, 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 whoa! It's gonna freeze it's de-thaw. again. Yeah, it's
1: not de-thaw. It's just thaw. But go ahead.
0: Yeah. All right. Thaw um, would be freezing. Cool. Anywho, um, so it thawed. Yes, and then you would freeze it again. You would dethaw it.
1: No, 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 no. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yes, <laughs> you thaw and then freezing is the dethaw. Yes,
0: right. You would unthaw it.
1: My grandmother, my my grandmother used to say unthaw, which again is wrong, but anyway.
0: I wonder if it's a Central
1: Illinois thing. Well, she was from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, so
0: it's basically the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Right. But yeah, he so he saw basically he saw food that probably should have been thrown away that got refrozen, and somebody probably bought that poor food and probably has salmonella, and it was at a Walmart. End of story.
1: Yeah, I just exactly. I I don't need to say any more about that place. It just makes my blood boil.
0: For sure. Alright, Kyle. So we're we're getting close to the hour point. Um there's yeah. one question I, I, I want to make sure that, that we talk about. So the question is if you had to go on Shark Tank and pitch a product, what would it be? And I believe you you, you got a little stumped on this one, right?
1: Yeah, I prefaced this before we like started recording. I, I'm gonna be honest, Ryan Austin. I put no thought into this one. I don't know. Um but it sounds like Ty had something.
0: Yes, because I've actually had this idea um, about a year ago. I just have never done anything with it. So the item that we would be making would be called the Airhorn Pregnancy Test. (laughs) Um, We call it APT for short. And so basically, the idea is that you have a pregnancy test where instead of a visual indicator or in addition to a visual indicator, um, when you pee on it and you are pregnant, it has a blaringly loud horn that sounds an awful lot like an air horn that goes off so that is that is the um initial idea. I have since come up with a like a partner smartphone app that goes with it so so the idea is you would connect the pregnancy test via Bluetooth to your phone that if it were positive, it would send a signal to whomever you deemed worthy of receiving said signal and it would like force an air horn sound to go off on their phones as well, regardless of the situation that they're in. So they could be sleeping. They could be an emergency situation. It wouldn't matter. Your air horn would get through to them. So that was my idea. Uh, the inspiration behind that was actually, um, when we were, well, let me back up a little bit. Kyle, you remember, uh, you remember Bobby's bachelor party, right? In Canada, vaguely. All right. Yes. Yeah. You remember the Steam Whistle Brewery? Love that place. All right. So, for those who don't know, the Steam Whistle Brewery—it's a brewery at a—it's an old train station. Like it's not an active train station anymore, right? In the middle of Toronto.
1: Correct. I mean, I mean, it's in Toronto. I—it's in Toronto. I—I I can't tell you where it is.
0: You're right. So, at that place, um, I bought a souvenir. Um, I bought an actual steam whistle. And it makes a noise when you blow into it. That sounds an awful lot like a train. So we always joked about whenever Liz got pregnant, the way she would alert me is by blowing the whistle. And so when we had learned we had gotten pregnant with Rose in January of 2019, um, the way that I found out was I was downstairs doing dishes um, before we were getting ready to go to the gym. And all of a sudden I heard the steam whistle go off. <laughs> and <laughs> That's that's what solidified the idea of the Airhorn pregnancy test to take the, the middleman steam whistle out of the equation.
1: That's fantastic.
0: And then in addition, there was an additional question that was, um, what would the slogan be? So I have several slogans typed up, so I, I'd like your help deciding which one's the best one. Um, the first one I have is UP, we blow. <laughs> <laughs> the next one i have is up we blow with glee <laughs> um sorry there's a lot of up ones up we scream actually no that sounds bad i, I don't even know that why that yeah.
1: sounds bad let's cut that one off <laughs> <laughs>
0: um this one liz was not a fan of so i'm going to i'm going to see where you stand we provide the horn after you get horny
1: yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> okay.
0: Um <laughs> that's cringeworthy. Okay. So so just all right, so the next one I'm going to preface this. Remember, Airhorn pregnancy test we're calling it APT for short. Um APT for when you don't want to be discreet like at all. <laughs> um last one is APT UP we decree. <laughs> So, I I oh, I need your help picking the best one.
1: Well, I think all of the UP ones are probably the way to go. What was the first the first one?
0: Okay, so the first two are similar. Um, the first one is UP We Blow. The second one is UP We Blow with glee.
1: I think probably the first one.
0: Okay, UP We Blow. Yes. All right.
1: I mean, it's confusing to the listener, <laughs> but I I mean I think after they saw the product they would get. It. <laughs> totally. So, that that would be my preference, but wow. All
0: right. So yeah, that's my that's my Shark Tank pitch. Very nice. Very nice. Cuz we don't want that to be a secret for anybody. That's good. Right. Yeah, patent pending by the way. All right, all right.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, we we jetted through a fair amount of these. We did. Um I I would say the the one that I guess the only one we didn't get to that I saw on the Facebook, I guess we can answer this. Mm-hmm. Um the most underrated basketball players that barely get talked about list. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so who do you who do you got?
1: Well, I had a hard time with this one because I don't know if we're talking about right now. If we're talking about right now, I have no idea because I don't watch anymore. Mm-hmm. Um I would say like in the years that I've watched, um, the people that come to mind are Chauncey Billups and Stephen Jackson. Okay. Um, Chauncey Billups was an NBA Finals MVP, I do believe, for the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Um, but prior to that, I think he was just um, described as a, you know, a solid player. But I mean, I I read a stat somewhere on Twitter, and I thought this was interesting. I think Chauncey Billups. In his years, because he kind of, he, I think he played, gosh, I don't remember this stat now, but it was like, did he never lose to Bryant or LeBron James? Really? It was something crazy like that. Because
0: like, didn't he go to New York after, like he went to New York and I think he was in Denver for a while, right? Because he played with uh, Carmelo? he
1: he was drafted by the Celtics and then went to Denver. I don't know if he ever played with Melo or not. Ah. Um, okay, so it was a, a winning record against Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James. Oh, that is an interesting stat. So he's the only player who has a winning record against all three of those guys. Interesting. Which... Yeah, and so the article I'm looking at right now it says Chauncey Billups, the goat who wasn't. Uh-huh. well, I I wouldn't say he's the goat, but I also wouldn't say he was a no one. Like the the, the title of the article is an unknown NBA player who has a winning. He's not unknown.
0: No, I kind of struggle with this too, but yeah, I think um. I think with Sean, cause like, I don't know. I think it's like underappreciated. Cause I feel like a lot of the guys on that Pistons, he, I actually, so I wrote three down and one of them was from one of the, or the Pistons championship team. Tayshaun Prince. No, I went, I went with Rashid Wallace. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Because I think like, so when you think about, sorry, I'm going to steal your thunder a little bit here, but like, when it comes to power forwards, like it's crazy how he changed his game as he got, like he developed the three ball before that was the thing for bigs to do. Yes. And he was a beast at rebounding. He was a beast on D like he wasn't like he, it was crazy. He was on a team where you have Ben Wallace, who was like a defensive player of the year candidate every, like for most of the years he was on the Pistons, but it's like Rasheed could hold his own man. Mm -hmm. And it's like, not only that he got to a point, he could knock down the three ball before it was cool. For everybody to do it, like, it was just, he was kind of ahead of his time, and he was kind of an asshole, like, just, not, I don't mean that in a demeaning way, it's like he was tough, like, tough asshole kind of guy, like, you weren't gonna fuck with him. Correct. I like, like, I like that attitude about him, but it's like, he was a really good-ass player, but he's one of those, like, kind of, hall of very good type guys. Yeah, No. And I think that's that's where I kind of think he's underrated because like he was just how ahead of the time he was. Like if he'd a if he'd have been playing ten years later, like he'd have been a rock star in this league the way it is now. Yeah,
1: no, I think that's a very good point. So I mean, I think we're in agreement that team. It was just kind of bizarre how they came together and won. Like they beat the Lakers. Like everybody in the world was rooting for them over the Lakers that year. I remember. Oh yeah. Um, but it was just like kind of they had five guys they had billups they had richard hamilton mm. they had Tayshon prince and then the two wallaces and it was like after that i i couldn't name anybody else on that that team but um yeah they were an underrated like overachieving team yeah it just got hot at the right time so there you have it i think that's as good of an answer as we're gonna
0: give yeah for sure all right, man. Well, I think that's all the questions, right? At least from Facebook. Correct. All right. Maybe we, I uh, think that's a great place to stop. I think so too. Maybe we save the ones, the extra ones you get for when we do this again. Cause I think this is a good segment we should keep on in our rotation.
1: Yeah, I like this.
0: Um, all right then. So yeah, that was our Q and a episode. Um, we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, we're going to keep sprinkling these in from time to time, but I think we'll aim to be back for a interview show. Cause I think that's kind of our bread and butter right now. Um, I was thinking Kyle, we might've peaked with Steve cause um, I think I forgot who, what interview it was. It might've been Scott's episode, but um, you know, he said if we were like real reporters, we'd be able to get Steve or something like that. And I told him we're not those type of people yet. Here we are. We went ahead and got him. Um, Yes, we did. So I I, I don't know how we pe how we get even higher after
1: that. I've got some names that we can probably try to get a hold of.
0: Perfect. All right, then. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I'm Ty. I'm Kyle, and this has been a Canadian Leprechaun Show. Thanks, everyone.
1: gas.